So last week, last week, I had a chance to do something fun, right? I had a chance to talk about something very, very common, uh, a very common question that I've heard from people over the years, well over 20 years, something that I've heard from uh, people lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. They wanted to know the answer to what? To something. All right, Alex. We have a new week, though. Go ahead. This is, and I want to make sure I get her name right, Michaela Maroney, second place winner in the 2012 Summer Olympic, Olympic Vault Competition. This was her. She was on the platform. She had just received her silver medal. And while this was going on, they were putting the gold medal on the winner, and, and they panned her face. She clearly is not pleased with second place. This is not something that inspired her. It made national news at the time. Some of you might remember it. Uh, the gymnast team, the gymnastics team, actually went to the White House, and there's a, there's a picture of her with the president, and the president's trying to do the, the pose, you know. The, and he's got the <laughs> face kind of screwed up. He's trying to do the same pose. Second place can be tough, but there is value. She still won for the rest of history. She still was a silver medalist in the 2012 Summer Olympics and the vault competition. That's very impressive, wouldn't you agree? So I have a silver place question, a silver medal second place question that I've been asked over the years. Not quite as common of a question as my first place question about hearing the Lord's calling in our life, but one that's really common. And I want to speak to it this morning. Some of you have asked me this question, and over the years I've spent a lot of time just kind of stewing this myself. Lord, where are you in this? What is your answer in this? And here's the question. You ready? How do I hear God's voice? I want to know God's voice. I want to know how to hear it. So can you tell me how to hear God's voice? I've wondered, how many of you have wondered about this at some point in your life? Whoa! Okay, that's a lot of hands. Do you see why this is a second place question? There's a lot of hands there. In order to get into this, I want to refresh just a little bit about something we talked last week. Fired up back there. We went over some verses that we are called. We aren't necessarily called to know the Lord's ultimate plan for our life, for our journey, right? We, we weren't, there's no place in the scriptures that says the Lord's going to tell us what to do and then what to do and then what to do. We don't, there's no powerful, booming voice that he's going to share this with us, but we are called out of darkness in 1 Peter 2.9, into eternal glory in Christ, 1 Peter 5.10, that we should bear fruit, John 15.16, to our hope, Ephesians 4.4. Now I've got to tell you, for the recording, I'm reading all of these verses so you know which verses I'm talking about. After the message last week, I hadn't read the verses, and somebody called me and said, what's your scripture references? Oh, that's a good problem. So I'll read the verses more. To repentance in the name of Jesus, we're called, Acts 2, 30 and 39. We're called to natural work, physical labor. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, and that's in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. And we are also called toward holiness, 1 Thessalonians 4.7. Lots of calling. Lots of calling. Right? Now we're going to move into this week and learning about the voice of the Lord a little bit. All right, bring up the next slide here. Now, before... Before we go too far, I want to just pause for a minute. This takes place in Genesis where Adam and Eve are in the garden and they had eaten of the fruit. 
not the apple, but some kind of fruit. And they, were, they realized that they were naked. Uh, they saw themselves in a different way. And the Lord, of course, had said, don't eat that fruit. And so when they did this, it was a problem. It was the first real problem, I suppose, in the Garden of Eden, the first real problem. So they were hiding, and they heard the Lord's footsteps. That's what this is. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. Could you imagine hearing God walk? That's something, isn't it? What would God sound like when he walks? At first, I thought, when I read this, I was just thinking, well, how would it sound? Would he have giant footsteps like crushing trees under him? Or would he have, you know, would he be soft and quiet? You know, like, a, you know, kind of like somebody who grew up in the woods. I mean, what would this be like? But they knew, and they were, they were hiding at the time. This was a pattern. They knew it was the Lord's footsteps. They had had that relationship with the Lord. There was like a, a dialogue before they had this fruit, of course, and a lot of us know this, but I want to, it's important for us to refresh. They had this understanding and relationship with the Lord that they could walk every day with Him. We know things didn't go well. They were sent out of Eden. Uh, They did raise their children to understand and fear the Lord. That's a fact. Two sons, one son killed another son because he was jealous over his brother's altar. So which means he knew about the Lord. They raised their sons to know about the Lord. Over time, some people, uh, there was all kinds of problems. There was a thing called a flood. There was people all over the earth that had gone on. And really, they weren't all that tight with God. But for some reason, God picked one little group of people. And he said, I will be their God. And he picked this little group. And he reinserted himself. Okay, let's look at the next verse here. Exodus 25, 5. Let them make me a sanctuary. So here's what he's saying about the, to this group of people. Let them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell with them. So first we know when the world is made, there's a relationship. Then there was the sanctuary dwelling with this one little people's group, and he wanted to be with them. Are you seeing a trend here? We know that later on those people kind of forgot about God, even though he's right in their midst. They forgot about him. But he loved them anyway, and he sent his promise through them. Hope for the whole world. Of course, we know that as Jesus, which brings us to the next verse. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 3. That's the second half of the verse, but the, the crux of it's the same. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We have fellowship, so we're called toward this greater good, but then we have a fellowship. Are we all together? Because if you don't have fellowship with somebody, why can you expect to hear their voice? If we're only called, then we could follow God like little automatrons. But this is more than that. We're called to also getting his voice through relationship, through fellowship. It would be very difficult if if we were friends, but we never talked. How many of you have Facebook to connect with old friends? Some of you do. Some of you have it just to connect with current friends. But old friends, it's interesting to see what they're up to. But really, we're not talking to them. I found one of my old friends in Alaska, and I connected to him. Hey, how are you? What's new? And then I just watch what he does for a living. You know, what's new? Photos of him fishing. You know, really, are we friends? No, not really. I just know what's going on. One guy I tried to reach out to and reconnect. You want to be my friend? No. Okay. But without dialogue, it's really difficult to... I think he just forgot who I was. 
That's what I'm going with. I can't, I'd like to, <laughs> like to think it's not personal. But we understand that principle. We're called, we're not just little automatrons, but we're called to have relationship, fellowship. And in this fellowship, we can expect dialogue. We can. It's not a one-way. When we don't expect dialogue, then we're following God like we're little automatrons. He wants more than that. So, he takes the time. Jesus comes. After this verse, Jesus, of course, comes. He he, he, he dies, he rises from the dead, and he establishes this relationship with us, this new covenant prophesied about in Jeremiah 29. So he, we've got this new covenant, and Jesus, when he was on the earth, he actually takes the time to say, look, if you're going to get to know me, and if you're going to get to know the Father, let me tell you how to approach him. I've done that. For a number of years, my dad would have a class uh, different times for some men and just talk to them about leadership and this sort of thing. And there was a segment, and some of you guys know this, there was a segment of time where I would come in and talk about how to talk to my dad. If you want to be an effective communicator with Frank Sussler, how do you do it? What are some tips and some things not to do? And I can base this off experience, and I've based this off of uh, just knowing him and also knowing his, his heart and his direction for the future. So Jesus actually says, here's how you talk to my dad. And we know this. This is a well-read uh, verse. Fire it up here. Let's take a look at it. Matthew 6, 9, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, there you pray like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. You see there's a unity there. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. That's all that Hollywood means here. Holy set apart is your name, God. What a way to start a prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, I've heard a lot of people pray, and they stop with this kind of mentality. Your will be done. Lord, your will be done. Well, of course his will is going to be done. But I like the rest of the sentence that Jesus uses. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, that we do what we need to do to make this place just like where you are. So these two places line up. That is a powerful verse, isn't it? Or a powerful sentence. Give us this day our daily bread. So this little sliver, that spot, is the, that's the one little sliver in this whole thing that we go to the Lord and we dump our troubles on him. Sometimes people go, go to the Lord and all they do is dump troubles and they say, oh yeah, thanks God. God, I need this, God, I need this, God, I need this, God, I need this, God, I need this. But in this model that Jesus gives us, we just have one little sliver. Give us our daily bread, these things that we need. That's all. But then he goes on to say, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is a, also an interesting thing that he's saying. This whole thing, I mean, there's been wonderful sermons on this. There's books written about this, but it's good for us to consider this morning, this prayer. But he says, as we've forgiven our debtors, have you ever had somebody really offend you? It hurts your feelings. That's all it does. Maybe it hurts your family, depending on the offense. Maybe there's something else that's in there that's a problem. But when we are sinning, we are separated from the Lord, it's life and death. So forgive us for our hurt. Forgive us. Save us. And we've taken the time to just, you know, let these hurt feelings go. They don't even match up when we forgive somebody for what they've done to us. A lot of times, how can that match up with our life? 
powerful prayer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that's, you know, it's funny. We know the Lord doesn't tempt us. I think a lot of folks over the years will say, you know, God is tempting me. God doesn't tempt. The devil tempts. And when this verse says, lead us not into temptation, it's just another way of saying, uh, Lord, preserve me from temptation. Preserve me from being uh, attacked by the devil. Preserve me from those, those things that he would do to scheme against me. That's all it is. So in this whole verse, in this whole model that Jesus gives us to have our relationship with God, to talk to the Lord, really, it comes down to this. Our prayers are to align us to the Lord's will. Because this whole thing is about the Lord's will. When we pray, when we do our end of the relationship, we align to the Lord's will. Even from the first time that we accept, we ask the Lord to come into our heart so we can be saved. We say, Lord, we recognize you are God. We recognize you have died on the cross and you have rose from the dead. Holy is your name. That's what we're saying. Would you be Lord of my life? I will follow you. Please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my debts. It's a good prayer he teaches us. So, that's it. That's the prayer. So we have fellowship, or we've been called. We have fellowship. We understand that that's a role that the Lord has instituted for us, is we're called. He's given us an example and a way to talk to the Lord and how to approach to say, Lord, my will needs to line up to your will. And that's what my prayers will be like, that I will come behind you. Now, here's how he talks. I'm going to give it to you in three simple steps. Are you ready? Three simple steps. We won't even spend a lot of time on it. We'll make it, I think the scriptures are very, very clear. The first one in Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your works to the Lord. Remember, we're lining up now. We're lining up our wills. The Lord's direction, we line up our will. Commit that to the Lord. And those things that you do with the Lord, commit them to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Your thoughts. The Lord will speak to us in thoughts. I will guarantee that every single person in this room who has given their life to the Lord, who has said, Lord, I'm going to follow you, every single person has been spoken to by God. I will guarantee it. But I didn't hear his voice. I'll guarantee it. Let's read the next verse. No one can come to me, and this is Jesus saying this, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. If we know, if we have given our life to Jesus, we've said, you are our God. You are the one we'll follow. We had to hear the voice to be drawn. We have heard it. I want to just take a minute and say, if you've, if you've given your life to the Lord and you say, I've never heard God's voice, and you're hearing this for the first time, rejoice. God has not forgotten about you. You have heard his voice. At least in just this one way. There's even other ways, too. But you have heard his voice. But I didn't recognize it. But that's a different subject. <laughs> You've heard it. Number two. Let's look at it. 
commonly used scripture. Very much so. We use, use this a number of times here in this congregation. Elijah is on the lamb. He's running from Jezebel who wants to kill him. It's a miraculous run. He runs for 40 days on one meal. It's a great passage. It's a miraculous run. Finally, the Lord's going to speak to him. And this is a man who probably needs to hear it, the Lord's direction, in a mighty way. And again, we've used this here. A number of you know this, but let's read it together. 1 Kings 19, verse 13. And he said, go out and stand in the mountain. This is the Lord saying this. Go out and stand in the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. And after a fire, a still, small voice. And that's when the Lord spoke. And here's what I want to pull out. The Lord spoke in a way that we wouldn't have expected. Or that Elijah wouldn't necessarily... I would think, to me, the Lord's going to spook in the big booming voice. The Lord's going to speak in the earthquake. The Lord's going to speak in the fire. The Lord speaks in ways that we don't expect. Sometimes He speaks through our friends. There's a great passage in the Bible where He speaks through a donkey. That would freak me out. Some of these people that live in Colorado maybe wouldn't freak them out as much. But I live here in Wisconsin. That would freak me out. The Lord does move in way. You know, the donkey would be a dramatic way. There would be, do you agree with me? The donkey's a dramatic way for the Lord to speak. That would get our attention. But there are ways that the Lord speaks, and he's just so quiet and still and persistent. And what we're thinking, God, I know that I'm asking you an important question. I must get a really loud answer back. That he doesn't always speak to us in a loud answer. You know, I talked about a little, little bit last week. You know, we go to the Lord for a job, and the Lord, should I have this job? Should I move this house? Should I do this big change in my life? And we think it's such a big question to us, and He doesn't tell us yes or no. So we okay, I've got liberty. Thank you, Lord. And we choose something. You know, God works all things in all circumstances. Maybe He's using that job to say, see, the old job wasn't too bad. Maybe He's using that house to go, see, the old house wasn't too bad. But you chose. You got what you wanted. Right? We do the best we can. The Lord walks us through. He speaks to us in all kinds of ways. We can't limit the Lord. We can't limit the Lord. Finally, step three. I promised you there'd be three, three quick, easy steps, didn't I? Step three. Okay. For this reason, in 1 Thessalonians 2... We also thank God without ceasing, ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you have heard from us, you welcomed it not as a word of men, but as in the truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. By the way, did you hear the prophecy today? I want to say this. Um, uh, the Lord will... Oh, you know what? I actually wrote this down. I want to make sure I get this right here. I don't want to misrepresent. I thought it was very good. It was very encouraging for me to hear it. Hmm. Now I just need to find my notes. <laughs> well, he's talking about the Lord speaking to us. Right, Mark? He's talking about the Lord speaking to us. Oh, here we go. And he says, my answers are in my word. And that's what this verse says. You know, we call the Bible the word of God. 
Isn't that just another way of saying we call the Bible the voice of how the Lord speaks to us? Sometimes we take the Bible lightly. I don't have time to read the Bible. You know, I pray, though. I'm a good prayer, and I just really want God to speak to me. The craziness in that? But that's how people think. We have the Word of God because it's the Word of God. We have it to use it, to listen to it. You know, we read it, we think we're reading the Word of God, but the reality is we're listening to it. God, what are we doing here? He said in the prophecy, Mark doesn't know what I'm talking about. He said, I am speak to you through my Word. Praise God, you do speak to us through your Word. You speak to us in ways we don't expect. You speak to us in our thoughts. You know what's interesting about the thoughts? This is just a bit of an aside. Have you ever shared faith with anybody? Have you ever told somebody about the Lord or had them bring up the Lord and you didn't know what to say back, but all of a sudden there was answers just popping in your head? What do we think that is? Oh, that's my subconscious tapping into my inner self. (laughs) That's the Lord planting thoughts. The Holy Spirit's walking us through. The Comforter's with us. He takes his places, you know, knowledge-wise. The Word, that's it. Those are the three ways, in ways we don't expect. I want the dramatic in my life. I've had the Lord speak to me in a dramatic way, but every time it was very, very quiet. It's happened to me a couple times, and it's very, very quiet. It's not a loud, booming voice, but I know that He's speaking to me. Sometimes we know that people are used in the gifts of the Spirit, prophetically, for example, like what happened this morning, that is a different gifting, and that is a little bit different than what we're talking about when we say we're simply looking to hear the Lord's voice. When the Lord's going to use somebody differently in a gift of the Spirit, that's a kind of a different way of listening. But no matter what, if we want to hear from the Lord, we have to be in a quiet place. When Jesus gave that, that model for prayer, He's talking about having a a dialogue with the Lord. When you have a dialogue with somebody, you're you're listening back. Elijah, what was he doing when the Lord Lord spoke to him? He was tucked away in a a uh, crack of a rock just waiting for the Lord to speak. I'm waiting for the Lord to speak. It's wonderful if we pray when we drive our cars, but it's hard to hear the Lord that way. He'll still speak to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us in other ways in life that we don't expect. There's no doubt about that. But if you want to hear the Lord and and see if he'll insert something in your mind or in your heart as you're praying, that's that's really the key. That's do it when you're quiet. You know, as we move our congregational family forward, as as we look to move down the way and as we look to grow and be actively involved in what the Lord wants for us, We need to be a congregation that walks in relationship with the Lord. Now, not just as believers, but walks and is active in getting the most we can from the Lord in his plan, in his will. So we're we're totally maximized as believers. And that that involves just sitting and having that quiet time or, or listening on God or knowing that God does talk to us through his word. Or knowing that God will speak to us through some other way that we just don't see coming. There's been times my wife is, was talking. We'd be, she'd sit in the love seat. I'd sit in the couch. And I'd la, 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 la. And the Lord will use her to speak to me. And I'll know it. There's a, whoa, hey, whoa. 
That's good. Is we, if we're going to be that congregation that moves forward, we have to be agile for the Lord, agile to listen, agile in reading his word, letting go of our own thoughts of what we think him speaking should be. Yes, maybe he'll grab you by your lapel someday and speak to you with a big shake. Maybe there'll be something really dramatic in your life. Yes, maybe that'll happen. But the reality is when God speaks, he speaks in these simple ways. Don't you think that's encouraging? You don't have to be smart to hear hear the Lord. Look at me. (laughs) You don't have to have an IQ of 200 to understand what the Lord's trying to say. He speaks to everybody in simple ways so everybody can get it. I love it. So there you go. Three simple ways to hear the Lord. Are you with me? Praise God. Please stand up. We are going to close out in prayer. And I'm going to pray that as you're seeking the Lord and as I'm seeking the Lord, that we hear the Lord fresh, in fresh new ways, in in the Word or from other sources or just simply in our thoughts, that He directs our thoughts. Lord God, you heard this. You know what we're seeking you on. We do want to hear your voice. For some people, they're they're not sure that they've ever heard your voice in a clear way. We know your scripture says we have. But God, I pray for them moving forward that they start to really understand the things that you've done and the the things that you've said to them in their lives. We pray for a maturation in how we hear, an understanding in how we hear. We pray that we can share this story, the message of how to hear your word in your voice. Lord God, I thank you very much for your faithfulness. I thank you for your desire to be in fellowship with us, to be in dialogue with us. We pray that we're a church that always looks and always does hear your voice. Thank you very much for this family and this calling and the blessing on it. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Amen. Have a good week. Please come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray together before you go. Have a good day.